I, I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valini is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your father. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUT's after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WXUT's after further review. David, we got to do something. We'll actually save the mock draft for next week. Get into the NBA. I know they have they have the Rocket for the Cure game coming up, and the broadcast team wants to use it. So we'll do one more segment and then save the mock draft since the draft will be later on. But we'll talk a little bit about the Philadelphia 76ers. Are they contenders after this trade? David, your thoughts? Yeah, so for those of you that aren't aware, James Harden is now a Philadelphia 76er, him going to the Sixers in exchange for Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. In the first couple of games, we've seen James Harden kind of get back to a little bit of his Oklahoma City days where he's more of a facilitator, not quite a you know, dominant scorer, putting up triple doubles. And it seems like the chemistry between him and Duel and B has really worked out. And so for me, as I'm looking at this for not just the short-term impact, because they played the Knicks twice, let's just, like, the Rockets can be the Knicks, how we're looking and how they're looking. So it's like, that's not really an optic. But as I'm thinking about, can this really work in the playoffs where you have to beat the same team four out of seven times? I don't know if Harden and Embiid as a solid one-two, and then you can throw in Tyrese Maxey, you can throw in like a Tobias Harris as these role players, complementary pieces to these to the top two. I don't know if that's still going to be enough to beat the likes of a Milwaukee four out of seven, or even, and this is the big if that everyone's talking about, a healthy Durant, Kyrie Irving, and whatever we can get out of Ben Simmons, I still think that's better four out of seven over Philadelphia. So even with this trade, and it's been kind of teased on kind of NBA talk shows and stuff like that, like, I think this trade may have made Brooklyn better because now the X factor with Ben Simmons is, like, no one knows what he's going to look like. Yeah, I, no one, I, I totally agree with that, too. They're saying already back problems, and it's like, well, you sat out most of the season. I, I don't I don't, I, I don't understand that either, but I, I think the 76ers right now, just just looking at it, it could change over the years that – they got the better of the deal here because you got two flaky guys and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons doesn't even really love basketball. It's just something that he does. And you got a guy who really loves basketball and James Harden. I think he got tired 
of, of of basically dealing with Kyrie Irving's flakiness. So I would agree with you. I think the 76ers got the best of the deal. Yeah, and I think kind of as we're looking at this, like James Harden, I think James Harden really fits well with that pick and roll, pick and pop that mm-hmm. he does with Embiid, similar to how Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden do it in Phoenix. Or like with Chris Paul and Aiden like being able to do that pick and pop because he's such a good perimeter scorer, he can attack the basket. There was some stat that kind of between the first two games, Harden and Embiid combined for 57 free throws. Like there were some teams that hadn't had that much in that two game stretch. So I think it's interesting that, and it's good that they're working out now because sometimes we see trades and like it's clashing heads right away. I still think come playoff time, if it has to be, and we're just going to use them because they're the defending champs, going up against Milwaukee, who are, who's going to be that third? We always talk about, you know, a, you have your Batman Robin, but the supporting cast is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't know who to trust in Philadelphia to be consistent four out of seven, given how last year, in the playoffs, the role players were so here, they're everywhere. Tobias Harris would have a couple of good games, and then he would kind of be there. You know? And then you're losing some of the perimeter shooting, especially with Seth Curry coming off the bench. Like, he's – like, when he's on, we know that he's on because he can shoot well, and he, sh- he shot well the majority of his career. Like, when I think about contenders, I think – Four out of seven, I can trust, and it's not just your top two guys. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I like what I was. I like that Maury was able to get Harden. Harden was able to get to a new environment. Clearly, he loves what's happening in Philadelphia. He loves that fan base. The fan base is really getting acclimated with him in a way that a lot of the fan bases you could see the toxicity kind of really stand out right away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think Philadelphia will probably end up as the two seed, but I just don't see them beating Milwaukee four out of seven. I just think that there's still still questions about that consistency from the contributing players, and that always comes up in playoffs. Because when you got to go to your bench, when someone needs a breather, who can be on that second team and really carry things? I just don't know yet. Ah. Uh. Yeah, that, that 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 that's that's a real tough one. I, I do see what you're saying. Um, I just think that the dynamic of Harden uh, really changes everything. Now, will they get past the Bucks? I think the Bucks just have a little bit more, like you said, a deeper team than them. But if if they were, if the Bucks and them are on the same side in the playoff scenario, I can at least see the Sixers getting to the the, the conference championships. You also got to understand the mandate. Will the mandate still be around where Kyrie Irving can't play in home games? There's other external factors that are affecting yeah. Brooklyn where, you know, you're looking at this trade. Now, if Brooklyn's at full strength, Simmons is there, Kyrie is there, both playing at home, he's healthy, and you got Durant, That that's pretty good. But the, the problem is, is – are they going to be there? And you, in the best ability, as we've said on this show, is availability. And if you're not available, you can't help them play. Well, we know with the 76ers, <laughs> uh, the, the, those guys are going to be there. They're going to be there. 
And I really think that would just by seeing these few first few games. Now they've played the Knicks, who the Knicks are are, are terrible. Um, today they'll be playing the Heat at eight. Um, but you know th- that's what we'll be looking at. But I really do think that Philadelphia was already playing pretty good basketball, and now with uh, him there, I think Maxi will benefit. I just think that how Harden is, he just his aura when he's there and he's fully engaged he just elevates a team also they've signed deandre jordan which <laughs> he kind of happily got out of la and now he's in philadelphia that that's pretty good so like i said i i really think joel Embiid, along with harden and then also adding in tyrese maxi this this could be a team that that can do some good and not to mention they also added um DeAndre Jordan to the roster, which give Embiid at least a little bit of a break, or you can have him playing alongside Embiid and he just be a rim protector and rebounder. Yeah, and they were saying kind of in the Philadelphia market, they were really desperately trying to get a big to kind of replace Drummond, who was really having a breakout year as Embiid's kind of de facto number two. But yeah, it's just I, I like this Philadelphia team, and they I think that if they do, like if, if they were to be like the 2-3 and it's Milwaukee and Philadelphia, I think whoever wins that comes out of the East. I think they're the two best teams in the East this year by far. I just think kind of love your Bulls, but I just don't know. Experience and depth plays a factor. And in the playoffs, well, mm-hmm. one, also help and who's going to be available come that playoff run is also going to be important for all these teams. It's going to, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be really tough. And like I said, I'm looking at Philadelphia 76ers depth chart. You know, they obviously have got Maxie Harden, Matisse Thibel, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. Now they got Harris at the power four, but getting DeAndre Jordan now helps if they're playing larger teams, maybe like the Bucks where DeAndre Jordan, you just play, you go up against, uh, uh, um, Giannis, you just guard Giannis. I mean, it's pretty easy for him. You just guard Giannis, play defense, and get rebounds, and I think that'll help them. You also got to remember they got Danny Green. Um, they lost Seth Curry. He spreads the floor, but Danny Green can also hit shots as well. Um, they also got Paul Millsap there. So th- that 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 could be pretty interesting. Yeah. It's just kind of looking at this train, it'll be interesting Mainly, the million-dollar thing is if Ben Simmons is actually going to ever play. Like, he's yeah. the biggest X factor still, even with this trade being completed. No, like, yeah. just like you said, if if he's even at, like, 80%, like him, fully healthy Kyrie, fully healthy Kevin Durant, and then kind of Drummond, and they're kind of being as a big, the way his season's kind of turned out so far, I think they can – they'll be dangerous, of course. But, yeah, the road's still going to lead through Milwaukee, but I think Philadelphia is going to definitely make it tougher for sure. Well, right now we're looking at the standings with the Miami Heat. They're 42-22 and 22 first in the East. Philadelphia is two games behind at 39-23. and 23. Uh, Milwaukee's up there at third, 39-25. The Bulls are tied with Milwaukee for third at 39-25. Boston, 38-27. Cleveland's been a real big surprise this year. And shout out to Kobe Altman and J.B. Bickerstaff, that GM. And um, 
coaching duo there now. Kobe Oatman got promoted to basketball of operations just recently, but actually they're doing a really fine job there in Cleveland and playing some really good basketball. Um, those are the top six. Then you got the Raptors. Brooklyn is in eighth. They were at the top of the league, but then after the injuries and and, and the whole debacle there, they they were dropped. They dropped drastically, especially after Durant was out. You have Atlanta and Charlotte playing for basically the play-in game, or or actually I think the seven, eight, nine, ten do the play-in game, I believe. So yeah. that's what you got going on there. So you got the top six, and then the Raptors, Nets, Atlanta, and Charlotte are there in the mix for the play-in game. The Wizards have a little bit of a shot. Um, New York is New York. They one year good, now the next year bad. Indiana Pacers, the Pistons, and Orlando have really no shot. Just the bright spot with the Pistons is uh, Cade Cunningham, looking like they actually made a really great selection after he kind of got his feet set. He's not injured as much, and um, you know he's starting to play well and, and starting to learn the NBA game. Go over to the West. Chris Paul is out to pretty much the end of the season. They're atop the league at 51 and 12. They're eight games ahead. The first team to get to 50 wins this season. Then it's Golden State, the Golden Child, as I like to call them, at second. Memphis, a half game back of them at third with Ja Morant. We talked about him earlier, you know. No one saw this coming from him. The Jazz, fourth. Dallas, fifth. The top six round out by the Nuggets. Seven through ten, usually are the playing games, are the Minnesota Timberwolves in seventh. The Clippers, 34 and 31 at the eighth spot, pretty much dismantled the Lakers, and they are falling fast. The Lakers are their ninth, and the Pelicans are tenth. And last Sunday, the Lakers got the 30 balled by the Pelicans. So, hmm. interesting. Uh, real quick, want to talk a little bit about the Lakers and your thoughts, or do you have anything on that? Oh, no, I think this is this is the – I mean, a lot of people anticipated this when you have a bunch of old players – Nah, they kind of just wear, wear I don't down, think, and then this is. I don't think the GM ninth. LeBron. No, no, no. I don't think the ninth seed. I I anticipated them probably being around fifth through seven, five through seven, not a nine seed. I didn't think they'd be the oh. top of the league, but I thought at least they'd be, as like I said, the hamster wheel of average. Oh yeah. Oh, in that in that case, yeah, I, I think that this is a huge disappointment because expectations and even kind of. All off seasons, everyone was laughing at LeBron, you know, kind of like him being a little bit older and this kind of seeming like kind of the wheels were going to not be clicking. And then primarily it's been injuries because God, mm-hmm. God forbid Anthony Davis stay healthy for a full season. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like LeBron built this team around him and AD being the one, two. And then when LeBron needs a breather, AD would carry the team, even though we've talked about this on the show before. Anthony Davis as your number one, eh, we're going to go that far because we saw that in with the Pelicans. And then the Russell Westbrook experiment has had highs and lows like crazy. So I, I just think – Well, I don't think – I think that if you've you've probably watched, and I've watched, this has been Russell Westbrook his entire career. I mean, let's be honest. It has. It's been – Well, Yeah. I mean, it's he's, up and he's down, just up it's and down. up and down, up and down. He's never really been a true point guard, and he's never been he's never been able to shoot. You just never knew that because he wasn't on really that big stage. Yeah, and he didn't have to really shoot because in Oklahoma City, well, first it started out he was you know, I guess second, third fiddle depending on 
after Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City early on, kind of where he played, I think he was two, and then Harden was three, and then when everyone else got shipped out, he was the guy. So that's when he saw this more attack the basket because for a lot of those years, it was either him or Steven Adams scoring. And so someone had to pick up the slack. But, yeah, now really, really with that trade to Houston – Kind of that Houston Washington those Houston Washington years are kind of like like he was forced to be off the ball and I think Russell Westbrook off the ball that's just not his game that was never his he like he has to be the guy and in Los Angeles if you're going to be the guy you're going to have to be kind of a more distributing point guard rather than a ball dominant attack in the basket because no on this team uh, well yeah on this team he needs to distribute the ball but he's always been ball dominant and he's never been really learned how to play off the ball he really he should have learned early in his career which would have made his career a little bit longer as well because that's what he should do get the ball and get it in driving situations you would think though he would have tried to work on his outside jump shot everyone knows as you get older you lose your athleticism so you got to start relying more on your skill and on your jump shots but some people live and they learn, you know, but that's a, that'll be interesting. I just to finish up this segment, we got a couple minutes left. Um, I am nervous about the Bulls. If the Bulls can get healthy, get Alonzo Caruso back, get in the rhythm. I do think they could be top two in the league, maybe three, but it's going to be really hard. I think they pretty much have solidified maybe that four spot or five spot. They're now playing for at least to get home court advantage in the um, first round. But, if they do get healthy down the stretch, and then let's say they seal up the fourth spot, that number one team, the Heat, I don't think you want to see the Bulls in the second round, especially the way DeMar DeRozan has been playing. Then Caruso and Lonzo Ball coming back, solid defenders, also uh, can score a little bit, but mostly they're going to be good distributors and solid defenders. That 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 could be a problem for them. Um, kudos to Cleveland so far. They're doing pretty good. Um, and hopefully Trick or Trey can figure it out down there in Atlanta, get back in the playoffs. It's really fun to watch them. I think Brooklyn, Durant's got to play, bottom line. Durant's got to be out there for them to at least get a shot. Um, I feel bad for him because he's with flaky people. They're just flaky. They're bad, and that, that just sucks for them. And then out in the West, hopefully Phoenix can hold it out. But it'd be pretty interesting to see Phoenix and Golden State in the uh, conference finals. Your last thoughts, David? Yeah, I, I think the West is definitely going to be – usually it's we so often the West is harder to really predict who's going to come out. I think this year, because of the quality of depth within the top six, I think the Eastern Conference is going to really be tough. It's, it's going to be a shootout. You can literally see the Bulls coming out of the East. You can see the Nets coming out of the East. You can see the 76ers. You can see the Bucks. You can kind of see the Heat. I think they're like – the worst of those teams mm-hmm. in the record wise, they had that long stretch where they were just winning. But I think out of those kind of quote unquote big boys, I think the Heat are the weakest of the bunch. But even still, they're a tough, there's going to be a tough out in the playoffs. I think it's going to be fun for the playoffs. And then in the West, I mean, Phoenix, Phoenix is America's love story. But then now here comes John Morant, who everyone wants to see do well. This is, this could be a culmination of, Steph Curry, the Phoenix Suns, John Moran, everyone's everyone's going to be a winner in the West. <laughs> and then maybe we'll see LeBron. Mm, no, we won't be we won't be seeing any LeBron. I mean, it'll be once again, he'll be in the playing game and then he'll possibly 
um, end up losing. I mean, that's that's just me, though. You know, that's it. Anyway, David, what you got planned for this weekend? Uh, college basketball, preference for Rockets basketball. And the next week, hoping for a clean sweep in Cleveland. Men yeah. and women, regular season. Let, let's get those conference championships. Let's go dancing. Well, it's a one-bid league, so they know what's what's at stake for them. Um, women maybe have more of an at-large chance in the women's tournament, but the men, you know, you know the deal. Mac is a one bid league. Can they can they break the forty two year drought of getting there? By the way, the WXUT crew sports department actually did the game against Bowling Green. It was a forty piece by the Rockets. They really destroyed them. Not a bad broadcast, though, by the way. And then they're coming up at two o'clock at the top of the hour with the women's uh, game as they have Rocket for the Cure, but they've already clinched the regular season title. But uh, David, enjoy your weekend. It's going to be warm here in Northwest Ohio. What's going to be like in Syracuse? Oh, warm, warm Sunday, pushing 70 tomorrow, and then a little bit of a cool down, Mm a little little bit of ice back in the 20s and 30s all next week, but bringing the heat. It looks like old man winter can't get away like Jim Beheim from Syracuse. Or Tom Mizzo from Michigan State, 20-something. Have a good weekend, my man. All right, see you next week. Yep. That was David the Man God Harris here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, Frank Vassner just left earlier. And I'm Derek Lawson. Once again, you can always check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, WSUT's After Further Review with a picture of Frank Vash and the Horses Head. Subscribe, download our podcast, and uh, you can listen to the show anytime you want to. And then we're on 88.3 WXUT Live, usually Saturdays around 11.15, about a little after 1. Anyway, for them and everyone, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Right now, we'll go send it over to the radio boss and at the top of the hour. We got Rocket Women's Basketball on 88.3 WXUT. We'll see you when you see it. Peace. We're out. 88.3 WXUT is after further review.